Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Navigating Life Storms by Pastor Terry Keane. And this morning I just want to uh, uh, share some, some thoughts with you this morning that come from the book of Acts and from Acts 27. Now I have to admit in my whole life that I've been a pastor I don't think I actually have really read this with much significance. You know, like I've just read the stories. I love reading some of the accounts in the Acts, which is all about the Acts of the Apostles. And um, Acts chapter 27 is, is an amazing account of what happened on the sea when Paul was on his way to Rome. But in that story, there will be some three key elements that I want to share with you, something that I hope would just minister to your spirit today. My whole purpose is not to please you. My whole purpose is not to, to, to preach an eloquent sermon. My reason for being here this morning is to be able to share the gospel with you and to share the reality of God's word. And even if this is a story and it's an incredible story. I'd encourage you to, to read chapter 27 when you have the time because it's fascinating. It's like, for me, when I first read it, it was like a gripping suspense novel. I could, I could picture what it was like, maybe not exactly, but what it was like. And if I was a, probably a film director, I'd probably make three miniseries of uh, this particular chapter chapter 27. If you opened it up and you had it there, well, you don't have to, but it's, it's good to be able to put, put, look down and just to see the account that is there. And the account of Paul's voyage is, is, is about a purpose. And so the story begins with Paul sensing a directive from the Lord himself to go to Jerusalem he received prophetic warnings from faithful believers along the way of the danger that was possibly before him and also the imprisonment that awaited him when he got back to Rome. Paul publicly testifies of the incredible stories of his conversion. On the road to Damascus, he declares that Jesus is the Christ. And a riot ensued after religious troublemakers responded by accusing him of fabricated crimes. And Paul shared his story and the gospel of Christ with the Sanhedrin and various religious leaders before finally appealing to Caesar, which actually led to his journey by ship to Rome. Have you ever sailed into to the port near Rome, Matt? Would it be nice? Oh, a few other hands up there too. Not all of you would have skipped the boat, but or captained the boat, I don't think. However, yes. Nice place? No. <laughs> all right. Okay, we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> okay, thanks, Matt. <laughs> so Paul boarded the ship along with Julius, and it was really interesting because I never ever knew the word, the name Julius was even in the Bible. But I had an uncle Julius. And uh, he was a fascinating character. He was a, a lobby guy, a good German man. And uh, so anyway, he was going along with Julius and there was a centurion in charge of the prisoners. 
There were 276 people on board the ship. Sounds like one of those little river cruisers that go down the Danube or the Rhine. Quite a, quite a small ship, not quite a nice little boat. Lynn and I have done a couple of those. And uh, yeah, it's just pleasant. And so there were 276 people on board, including Paul's friends, there's Luke and Aristarchus, many prisoners, the ship's owner and the captain and the crew. Now the voyage proceeded, setting sail and docking at different ports along the journey, battling extreme difficult weather. It's worthy to note that the season commonly safe for sailing was nearing the end. And in Acts chapter 27, verse 10, Paul warned Julius and the officials of the danger of continuing saying, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and to our cargo and to our own very lives itself. However, the crew nevertheless opted to continue to Phoenix, believing it to be the better location to spend the winter season. But unfortunately, the decision proved disastrous. The men encountered a severe storm of cyclonic force that battered the ship and made any control of the vessel uh, impossible. And the severe storm raged and raged and raged and raged for days. The voyage became a desperate fight for survival. The crew jettisoned the ship's tackle and the cargo, released the lifeboat and even passed ropes under the ship. And I was fascinated by that, how the heck that they did that. But they went in under the ship, tried to fasten the boat together with the, with the ropes to hold it together. After 14 days of weather, cyclonic conditions so severe that neither sun nor the stars were visible for 14 days. No food, no rest. All seemed lost. And this is when Paul, I bet he took the moment, I reckon he loved the moment, he says, I told you so. <laughs> How many times have we said that to people, you know? We told you so. And he says here, I told you so, but you didn't listen. And Paul reminded them of his warning, but he also offered encouragement and he offered hope. In Acts chapter 27, verse 22, he says, but, in, but I now urge you to keep your courage because not one of you shall die or be lost to the sea, only the ship will be destroyed. As the storm tore apart the ship, Julius instructed everyone to swim, if possible, or make their way on planks, etc., to the land. Fascinating story this is. And just as an angel prophesied to Paul, all survived that shipwreck, arriving on the island of Malta in the Mediterranean Sea. And it wasn't exactly where they were heading for, but that's where they ended up. It's almost like as though we're, well, to me, it was like watching some miniseries on television of amazing conditions. And I love watching Later in the evening, after some of my favourite programs, but there's, they usually have these programs about the mighty ships. Do you ever watch them, Matt? Big mighty ships. Some of those cruise ships are just phenomenal. And some of the things that they actually have to go through in order to even make their own port and to make a, 
a safe, that's the nation. And so this account, I feel, is a scripture that is full of application for our lives today. We may never experience a literal storm at sea, which actually I happen to experience when travelling over the Bass Strait from Melbourne to Devonport in Tasmania. It was in 1968 and I was on the Princess of Tasmania. It wasn't a very long trip overnight, but I tell you what, it was the longest trip ever because I've never been so sick. And then also... The boat was um, was not handling it very well. The ship was not handling it very well. We and I never chose a berth. I chose. I went with a friend. We both worked in the bank in Mergen, where our hometown is, and we decided to go on this trip together. We met at each other at the church, and uh, so we used to sort of see each other when we did banking, and uh, so we decided to take this trip to Tasmania. And uh, we didn't regret the trip, but I tell you what, the trip over was pretty terrible. And I, and I, we chose to sit on, you know, those sort of deck chairs that they had in back in 1968, and uh, those canvas ones, you know, you're trying to get yourself comfortable in them. And it wasn't that I was poor, but it's just that we thought that that would be the easiest way of getting over. Never did we anticipate that we'd go through a storm like we were. And uh, so, you know, I would—I was just ill. I really was. And uh, the, the rest of the, the boat was, and there were people sitting in the aisles, people trying to get air, whatever. And I remember opening the side doors and watching the, the waves. I couldn't even see the, the horizon. The waves were tremendously high. And, uh, you know, people were sick, and, oh, that was awful. The next morning... After suffering through this, Derek and I went downstairs and decided to order breakfast. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the breakfast that I ordered, and I still laugh about it today, was <laughs> savoury mince on toast, <laughs> which didn't look good at any time. <laughs> and I thought, with all the little bits of peas and carrot and everything else, <laughs> you're getting the story, aren't you? But I did. We ate savoury mince. It was the best meal we had after being so sick overnight. So we may not experience a literal storm at sea, but we will certainly weather figurative storms. Paul's story provides three keys for navigating life's tempests and trials. Most of all, the storms that are in our life. We can't be wrapped in cotton wool or making daisy chains thinking that we're not going to experience trials. We can't experience, we can't think that. And I would say that everyone here in this church has experienced trials that have been quite traumatic, very desperate, distressing and very painful, if not a lot of grief. Storms will come. Storms will come. We can't say stop exactly and say nothing, you know, that nothing will come our way. Paul shares a list of his own sufferings as an apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. 
He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and as Pastor Sean would say, <laughs> with actual stones, not the stoning of, you know, that sort of stoning. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really never did do it. <laughs> I have to admit, but I just watched everybody else do it. <laughs> so he was uh, stoned once, three times he was shipwrecked, and once he spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Not pleasant time. As Christians and as believers, we can't claim an exemption from trials or even sufferings. In the epistle of James, we are reminded to consider it all joy. Come on. Come on. James, what were you thinking? <laughs> but it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when to encounter various trials or storms, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Paul knew by experience where to place his trust and his confidence and we can follow his example. The word of God also says we can face trials, we can face storms and in John chapter 16 verse 33 Jesus says very, very clearly, very definitely and I quote him, he says, in the world you will have tribulation. It, you, you will have distress. You'll have suffering. Anyone on, on to, wants to opt out today? Anybody want to go home because that's not what you thought the deal was? No, I don't see anyone move. Because we've been through these things. We have discovered how wonderful and how good God is to us in, in our smallest to our largest and deepest trial. In the world you will have that tribulation, you'll have that distress, you'll have that suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. Good, two hallelujahs, I'm very happy about that. I have come overcome the world, he says. A storm could be, for you, a financial hardship, it could be a very serious and uh, severe sickness, a personal loss, troubled relationships, and on it goes. We can't predict all of these things. I didn't predict that I was going to have a sciatica problem today. And I knew that I would be preaching today and I could have easily opted out, but I determined in my spirit not to. Not because I wanted to prove a point to you or to be... You know, how isn't Pastor Terry just extremely wonderful? And, uh, you know, like, he's just fantastic. Everybody was thinking that, I know, so don't worry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we always can't predict these things, and, and that's for sure, and we can't outrun them. I was an athlete at one stage, but I couldn't outrun anything like this. We can navigate through these things by the power and the presence of God. And I can't say that, or it's not, I can't, I don't want it underestimated in any way. So what else can happen? Faith or storms can reveal our faith. What's inside of me when I'm going through this storm, through this trial, through this suffering, 
What's inside of me that will actually come out? How am I going to, or what will I, I be doing or saying or whatever will be coming out of me? What will be my response to the trial? To whom do I listen? So many people have got so much to say and to comment. What advice do I follow? And what action do I take? If we were chained to go to James, just I'll do that quickly, but Hebrews, James. And in James chapter 1, and it's in verse 2, I've mentioned it before, it says, Consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may not that you may be perfect, that you may be complete, that you be not lacking in nothing. That's what the scripture tells you. Count it all joy when you're going through that. And I have often said this from the pulpit you can either become bitter, you can become really, really bitter because of what you're going through and what you're discovering, or you can make it better. You can make it better by counting it all joy, turning your attention away from yourself, from your own self-worth, all those sorts of things and your so selfish desires. Poor me, poor me, poor me. If we can turn it away from the, the bitter, the I in that word, and put an E in it and become better. We can become better. I was talking to my financial planner the other day because I've just retired and I wanted to make sure that I have a little bit of money to spend on Lynn for the next few years. <laughs> she saved me a lot of money, that lady. She's been wonderful. We've, we're going to enjoy our retirement. And I was talking to him and he's had a bit of a rough Spot. Not in not dealing with our money, thank heaven, but um, he was just having a, a personal problem. And he often would talk to me. He would uh, just, you know, you'd ring him for just an advice and you'd end up on the phone for three calls of an hour. I thought that was me. I thought I did those sort of things to people, but he d- does it to me. And, and, and after a while, and in that conversation, I said to him, come on, Charlie, don't get bitter about this. Don't get bitter. Make it better. And he, he, I could hear him on the phone. He says, that's a light bulb moment, Terry. That's a light bulb, bulb moment. And, 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 I, and I said, yes, it is. And so he said, yeah, I can take this away with me. I said, oh, that's really good. That's really, really good. Let's see how we handle life's pressure, life's trials, life storms. Going back to the story in Acts chapter 27, Julius initially listened to the owner of the ship. And I suppose you would think that that would be the way it would be. And he listened to the pilot over Paul's advice. Remember, Paul had a different advice. And this was a natural response. But later, Julius listened to Paul. And after seeing and listening to the human emotion and the desperation and the panic that was emerging on that boat... Yet Paul listened to the voice of God. 
In Acts chapter 27, verses 23 to 25, you will see that, what he experienced. What is it that's coming upon you today? Is there fear? Is there disbelief? Ooh, anxiety? Distress? And it's expected and natural that everyone would be afraid. But the most wonderful thing is, is that, that God understands our fears. He's not going, oh, come on, I don't want to have to face that. You know, I don't want to have to deal with that. Come on, get a, get a life. But it's right there in those uncertainties and those fears and that, that grief and that pain and that, that anguish, God presences himself. It's just amazing how he does it. And he, and he captures our attention, hopefully, and just draws us closer to himself. And I'm sure that today that there are some here that are wanting to experience not that fear to continue, but to have the presence of God come and fill your life. He dispels fear. He dispels unbelief. He dispels anxiety, distress, etc., etc. He understands every fear, every heartbeat that's anxious. He understands it. And we may feel anxious and afraid in the storms of life. This is natural, but we must shift into where the supernatural is actually present. And that is in God and in God alone. He will strengthen, he will encourage you, and his word is food for our souls in time of fear and darkness. And he offers his Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, to empathize, and to fill us. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul says, Be joyful in hope. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Dynamic little keys, dynamic treasures, precious treasures that God can impart to you, implant into your life that is distressed and pained and grief, grieved. I was reading an article the other day and um, it was, I'm going to read it out to you. I don't know whether you remember the guy called Ian Wilkinson. No, you probably might not. But if I tell you the story behind Ian Wilkinson, he was the sole survivor of an alleged poisonous mushroom meal that took place in July. He addressed his congregation as a pastor the first time in six months. And he cried. He cried as he encouraged his followers to go on. He as a pastor understood some of their own issues of grief, distress and pain. Little did he know that he would be in that predicament himself. But he was a man that spoke into the hearts of his people. And he said, we need to go on. Say something, saying sometimes that they are hard, but God is good. That's exactly what he quoted. 
And uh, he, he was saying that um, he told his Baptist congregation that his faith had remained strong. And he said, I want to encourage you to keep on going. The way is sometimes hard, but God is good. All the time? All the time. And all the time? God is good. And he said, he never promised to leave me. He never promised to forsake me. And I can say that is true, says Ian Wilkinson. And you know, in that week that he took on his pastorate again, he turned 70. He also had been married, if his wife was still alive, for 45 years. And uh, he was just absolutely grateful to be able to minister to his congregation. He'd gone through the trial and through the pain. Paul goes on to write in chapter 15 of Romans, verse 43, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever storms and whatever storms we face, we can trust God. We must trust God to provide strength, encouragement and protection. The other interesting thing and the third thing that I wanted to share and the last thing is that if you listen to the story and you read the story, there they are sailing haphazardly over the Mediterranean, trying to keep their boat afloat and trying to find some course despite how cyclonic it really was. Storms reposition us. Have you ever found that? <laughs> Have you ever found that? It, you just totally change direction. And sometimes we have no idea to where this is going to take us or where we're going to end up, but we still have to trust God in that. We have families in our church today that are pained and grief-stricken because of what is happening in their family. And I know that for sure that they are feeling that their whole life has been repositioned. Their course has changed. The direction. The pain is still there. The grief is still there. The anguish is still there. But there is someone who comes right in and just eases that pain and makes you feel like not something that's a falling apart, but someone that is actually stronger. When the storm is over, you will not be in the same place. Storms move ships. A ship cannot remain stationary through a storm. It continues to navigate through the storm. And so do you and I. The storm brought Paul to a new place called Malta. And the storm was an invitation for a supernatural visitation from God. Storms present opportunities, especially if we see them through spiritual eyes. We have Moses, we have David, Paul, Peter, who are absolute champions in what they discovered through their trial and their tribulation and storm. God can use storms to reposition you for his calling and for his purpose. Paul found himself in Malta, as I said, then later. He still had to go to Rome. 
This morning I wanted to say to you, keep your focus on God. Press in. Press in. Go deeper and deeper and deeper just to know him. To trust him more. And to cling to his word in times of suffering and various, various trials. God has a habit of revealing what's inside of us. We must allow him to also transform us. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.